Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, it's Peter Raschuti, and we're out to lunch, but we're not out to lunch where we usually are. We're not at Commander's Palace. We're at Gallier Hall. Last time I was coming by Gallier Hall, I was riding Zulu and waving to Mayor Landrew. So things are important things happen at Gallier Hall. Uh, my guests here, this is, remember, keep in mind, this is the fifth annual end of entrepreneur season, which is boundless energy over here, lots of great ideas. And I'll tell you, this show and coming to something like this makes me the most optimistic guy in the city. The first is Tim Williamson, one of the founders of, uh, of the entire shoot match here, Idea Village. And then we have Damon Burns uh, from Innovation, and that's going to be great. I originally introduced you as Mr. Burns, which we thought was the man that owned the nuclear power plant of the Simpsons, but that apparently is wrong. Um, the, uh, and Gene Nathan from the Creative Alliance of New Orleans. Thank you so much for, for taking a few minutes to meet with us. Great to see you, you, Peter. Thanks Tim, for having do you want to um, you want to start off since you uh, you got this whole ball rolling? And sure. Tim, by the way, was my first student at Tulane back in 1986. Long time ago. Long right, yeah, time yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, it yeah. is. The, uh, he was just a, he was a 10 year old senior at Tulane <laughs> at that point. Uh, well, yes, uh, Peter. This is the the fifth New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, but it's not a week. It's the end of a season. You know, we have a Mardi Gras season, we have a Saint season, but we have an entrepreneurial season that starts each July. Uh, where entrepreneurs start to work on their plans and the business community comes together and all culminates in one week uh, in March. And so we will have over a 1,000 local entrepreneurs uh, going through 55 different events from education to capital. And we'll be engaging over 3,000 people locally and globally all throughout the week solely to start new businesses in New Orleans. And now you, how has this developed since year one, for instance, of this the, the event? Well, year one, there's two guys in the bar. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> no. no, actually, the first Entrepreneur Week was in 2009, and uh, we supported six entrepreneurs. Uh, we actually was founded with several MBA teams from around the country, came here after Katrina to work with us, and we decided to do it all in a week. Uh, so we uh, paired them each with an entrepreneur, uh, gave them a little bit of crawfish, but it really was a small, local thing. And over the last five years... Uh, it has grown to uh, really in the first day. Yesterday, we had over 364 people who attended the first day. Uh, we're expecting, as I said, over 1,000 local entrepreneurs. But it's becoming a, a platform for uh, engaging the local community to support local entrepreneurs. So the folks we have joining us from End Elevation and the Arts Committee, this way for the community is coming together to support all the diverse industries and, and businesses, it feels a little bit like Mardi Gras. Where we're all coming together wow. and, and supporting kind the community. A, wow, an entrepreneurial Mardi Gras. That is, uh, I like that. that was, this is all going to work. Now, Damon, um, tell us about, about what your, your role is in all this. Sure. Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to say congratulations to Tim and the Idea Village team for another successful week. It's and really I'll congratulate you because stuff. you just came from a filled room upstairs. Just you're came. Speaking. I haven't uh, really caught my breath yet, but uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. So I am one of the co-founders of Innovation, and Innovation, quite simply, was created to engage the minority community in the, the high growth sector. 
uh, innovation, technology, you name it, the whole nine. Uh, it's, a, it's a national problem in terms of minorities being involved in the generation of innovative companies, um, big ideas. So a group of us were starting businesses all at the same time, and uh, we found that we were leaning on each other quite a bit, but there was a big disconnect with the rest of the community. So it, it might have been easier for some of us to pick up the phone. I have a personal relationship with Tim Williamson, by the, for right. example. Uh, but a lot of people don't. So we wanted to make sure that the, ne the network was integrated. We had a very candid conversation with Tim about what the problems are we're facing in the city. And we got together and said, let's do something about it. And that's where the No Elevation Challenge came from. And you've got to, so, as your group, has got to be great... Uh, Oh, great role model for the community. I mean, a lot of other people that have probably had ideas in their mind and didn't know they could get them off the ground. Yeah, sure. Well, Tim is the, uh, the master of improvisation, as I understand <laughs> it. And, you know, his uh, his uh, advice to us was just do it. You know, don't think too hard about it. I remember that because he was using that slogan and then Nike sued him for millions of dollars. <laughs> but it's... Uh, right. <laughs> but that's... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great event a few minutes ago. We had six great entrepreneurs presenting very innovative companies. And now, were these really all uh, minority-owned local entrepreneurs? Yes. So we had minority. Give me an example of who might have, what well, kind we, of Well, we had uh, entrepreneurs from the Asian community, from the African-American community, and the Hispanic community. And, and what kind of diverse businesses? Uh, sure. Well, we had everything from nanotechnology to social media to water management. So it was a very diverse group of businesses. They all were really fine ideas. And we had a good group of judges as well that helped them to sort of refine those ideas. They're actually still talking right now at this minute. So wow. lots of great energy in the room. And we have some things planned in the future to continue helping those companies get off the ground and help the next generation of companies that are thinking big. So that, you know, I, don't, I don't believe New Orleans has too much nanotechnology. So it's no, uh, no. And nano means small, so it'd be, you wouldn't have a lot of it anyway. In some ways, yeah. they... Uh, <laughs> but uh, now, Gene, uh, tell, us about, tell us about your end of all this. Well, this was our first year participating with Idea Village as a presenter, the Creative Alliance of New Orleans in partnership with the Louisiana Cultural Economy Foundation. Um, we really wanted to make sure that our creative community, our artists, visual, performing, media, um, uh, our literary, our culinary, our design artists, all, all the things we're known for, really, yeah. are, are, are integrated into this new, exciting entrepreneurial community. So we, we brought in a bunch of artists from different disciplines to talk about what they're doing. And then we had a second panel with uh, major uh, investors, bankers, people who have the financial um, capacity to help the creatives. Uh, get things done. And then we had a whole session about nonprofits also and sort of more entrepreneurial strategies for supporting nonprofit organizations. We're just all about making sure that the creatives are part of this wave that we have going on in the city. And uh, we had tremendous response. I think we were one of the first panels that sold out. So I think maybe we'll get asked back next year, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they will. When you get creatives uh, and talk to them, pitch them about this kind of the business aspect of thing. Is that a tough sell? Do they say this isn't me? Or? Yeah, not anymore. Um, it, there are still artists who, who and, and people will always in the arts say, we have to really remember to stay true to our creative instincts and not to um, uh, let them be perverted in a sense by uh, the need to do things commercially. But Everybody realizes now, and one of the themes that came out of all of our sessions is you've got to do your business plan. 
You just have to sit down and figure out what are you trying to accomplish, where are you going? Because if you want to go get money, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit, you have to tell people what you're going to do with it. So I think the resistance, the sort of anti-commercial attitude in the art field has gone away. It, it hasn't hurt that there's artwork selling for 10 and 12 figures in, in some markets in the world. So I think artists are beginning to realize that, yes, we can actually make money from what we do, too. Well, that is great. I'm, you're all bringing a different aspect over here, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time out here this afternoon because I know it is just a buzz of activity here, so I, I have to let you go back to your, your appointed uh, rooms here. But thank you so, so much. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Thanks. Great to see you. Uh, my next three guests are here now, and you're going to enjoy these. Kevin Wilkins is the COO and entrepreneur in residence at Idea Village. Robbie Vitrano is one of the co-founders of Idea Village and also serves as entrepreneur in residence. And Webster Pierce uh, of Pierce Industries is here, and he is the winner of the 2013 Water Challenge here at, the, uh, at this amazing week uh, down at Gallier Hall. So uh, tremendous. I'm looking forward to get, getting to know all of you here. Kevin, let me start... Um, Let's talk about what's going on here, but also how it affects the city itself, how it all ties together. Well, the 2013 Entrepreneur Week is off to a really exciting start. We are looking to service over 1,000 entrepreneurs. We have over 50 events. Uh, we've got nine pitches for capital access. Now, capital and access, these, are, you're gonna, these people are going to pitch their idea and venture capitalists are out in the audience? So we've got three different stages of capital access. Okay. <clears throat> You've got seed capital to help the businesses get started and get off the ground, and that's going to be done primarily through the big idea. Uh, you've got angel investing. So those entrepreneurs who are looking for 100000 to around a million, million and a half. Have they already, they're up and running but need help to get to the They're up level? and running. It's time to get them to the next stage. Definitely proof of concept. They're growing. And they need an infusion of capital to really get them to uh, the, new, the next stage of their development. And then we've got the venture, and that's done through Power Pitch, which is a pitch where angel investors are flying in from around the country. Angels flying? I love this. Angels I, I are flying to, um, to really look at the um, entrepreneurial opportunities here in New Orleans. And then we have the venture capital pitch, and that's sponsored by Jim Coulter. It's called the Culture Idea Pitch, where there are four firms who are looking for several millions of dollars of a capital infusion. They're at the growth stage, they're continuing to grow, and right now they need a significant infusion of capital to get them really to the top level of where they need to be. And Jim's a very famous guy in all this. What's his background again? He uh, sure is. He's the founder and the um, head of TPG Capital, which is based out of San Francisco. Yep. Which is based out of San Francisco, um, one of the leading venture capitalists in the world, actually. Wow. He'd be and a good guy to pitch to. And at the end of the day, Peter, what we're looking for is you make New Orleans an investable asset. You ask what it makes, what's, what's the purpose of this for the city? The purpose of the city is to help nurture these businesses that's going to attract capital, which will create jobs across a variety of industries that we support. So by bringing in these angel investors and bringing in these venture capitalists, that's what we're doing. We're bringing capital into the city to invest in businesses here that will help gr grow commerce in the city. Now, Robbie, we've, we've spoken many times, and you've got great ideas and a number of, number of ends. One of the things we have to admit is that 10 years ago, uh, there was no venture capital in this town, no, right? No. There wasn't much of a conversation around so many of the things that now we've got an entire infrastructure built around, and, and that's what's remarkable. You know, the, this, this is the fifth year for Entrepreneur Week, and it essentially started uh, with about... Uh, Four teams from different universities partnered up with entrepreneurs from the community. So, so it's an opportunity. Can, let's go over that if I can, Robbie. Right. I mean to interrupt you, but how that part works. You've got a team of students from 
see, I know Tulane is one. Right. The you've, others... got, you've got Yale, you've got Harvard, you've got Carnell, you've got Dartmouth, you've got Stanford, Loyola University. Am I leaving one out? No, it's pretty great Columbia. schools. Columbia. So you've got you know, some of the most prestigious business schools in the world that come to New Orleans, and this is amongst, if not the premier experiential learning opportunity in the United States. So they compete to be admitted into this, this Entrepreneur Week, to be uh, partnered with an entrepreneur here, to work within our community, work with the EIRs, and to ultimately help these businesses grow and develop their platform. So these are people that in about six months you would have to pay a fortune to hire, right? Absolutely. No, a- they're, they're all basically got their ticket punched, they're heading off to McKinsey or Google, the whole bit. So they are here and they take it very, very seriously. And I know it's very intense. They, they're just put together with that entrepreneur for a few days and, right. and come up with it? Well, they actually, they get a, a brief. So they select the entrepreneurs that they're most interested in working with. So the entrepreneurs all sort of give a brief, a scope as to what they're most interested in having some support on. And then the MBA teams get to select who it is that they'd like to do business with. So Webster was selected by the Loyola team. So he's been partnered with the Loyola MBAs. But uh, they get a brief, and then they get to meet via phone. And then the entrepreneurs fly out to meet with the students on their turf. And then the students come here. And what's special about it, in addition to working with the entrepreneur, they get an immersion. They get the backstage pass to New Orleans. So they're going to meet influencers across the city in various sectors, and they're going to spend time getting an understanding of what goes on here. And you know what? A few of them are going to stick around. That's what I was just going to yeah. think about. That is pretty. That is pretty. And you know, the other thing is, I think you know, I've taught for 26 years. I think this generation of students is the best I've ever seen. And and these guys. Most of them are skipping their spring break, right? Absolutely. There's a, I, how was, did you spend spring it break? Was, it probably, was actually right? it, not at no, Entrepreneur Okay, I was, just, I was just running out. You, and, and we don't want to talk about it. But, the, <laughs> uh, but the, these kids, I mean, they've made, these aren't kids. I mean, they have made this commitment to it. And they bring this amazing combination of heart and head to this community. They care about how the world fits together, how businesses behave. And also, they're just really smart. God, that is, that's terrific. And, and Webster, you... Uh, you have walked away with the grand prize here, I think. Uh, that's the first thing. You had the Loyola students working with you. And um, tell us about it. Well, it's a total new experience for me. We work with the Loyola team. Uh, it's very, very, uh, very positive. I can't say enough good things about the students. They're giving their heart and souls to this project. Now, they, you had to explain your idea to them. And, and, and why don't you explain it to us the same way you pitched it to them? Well, basically what I have is a new method of trying to protect and restore our coastal wetlands. And I'm doing that with new innovations, I think out of the box. And the the system I use, uh, what I do is I work with nature. What nature gives me is what I use. If a wave comes in, I'll take and use 20% of it, repel the other 80%. And when that 20% comes across, and we collect it, we hold it, we're actually preventing erosion, but we're rebuilding South Louisiana. So this would be the, uh, the way we should think of this wave's energy, right? Uh, yes. 80% you're sending back. Right. I'm allowing a certain percent. The reason I'm allowing only about 20% is that I have to slow down that water. When water slows down, the sediment falls out. And then I have a system where... Uh, we have an ecological exchange. Periodically, I'll have a weir system that allows that water to come back. So I'm constantly circulating that water, constantly recollecting and holding and protecting 
and developing new lands. So will this lo- how will this lower the impact when a, a hurricane inevitably comes again? It's critical to have what we call the speed bumps. Those are the old bayous and ridges that were established eons ago. Well, they're disappearing. The technology I'm developing is to recreate those barriers so when a surge comes in, we can slow down that surge so the effect on a levee is rather high tides than this, the wave itself. There's no, t- there's no levees built in this area that can withstand a head-on attack from a surge. So we have to destroy it. So it's like a battle front. You have your fronts, you have your different la- lines of defense until you get to the main area, which is your levees. Now tell me what these barrier islands are going to look like, or what are they going to be made of? They're going to be made out of the same things we have now. Just that I'm going to be able to hold the materials that are, keep, that are disappearing, and then we'll grow on those barrier islands or, or those ridges. We'll grow whatever essential trees and plants we need. Now, I, when I go to, uh, was fishing in Florida a couple of months ago, and I noticed that they have a lot of uh, mangroves. Right. Is that the kind of thing? Would that work yes. here? Yes. What you're doing, just imagine that you're going, you have to have a speed bump. You have to slow that. So when you slow that surge, you're actually allowing yourself the opportunity to defend yourself. You're preventing that surge from reaching to you. Is, is it a machine, or what is, what, what is that? Um, it's called a wave robber, and okay. it's units that are put together, and they form a barrier, and it's made out of lightweight polyethylene plastic, high-density polyethylene plastic. It... Uh, <clears throat> it the, the design is a hollow system where we fill it with water, we sink it, it allows that percent of water to go through it. So, and then once that area is rebuilt, all we do is empty it, move it further out, re, reposition them, and we start again. So every time we do that, we're reducing the cost of that unit. Because if you had to keep moving, and then the installation, the installation is a key too, part of it because it doesn't take heavy equipment to handle it. Men and mud boats can bring them in shallow waters and just establish them and put them in without having to dredge themselves in and dredge themselves out. And, and now that they won the award, what's next? What's the next step? The next step is to keep developing. I believe in the word evolution. You take an idea and you grow it. Well, I also have on the drawing boards and in patent pending uh, additional to the, what I have now. So this is not the end. This is just the beginning. Years from now, these barrier islands are going to protect us, and they'll be, they'll be known as Webster's, which is, uh, <laughs> this is going, to be, going to be great. Now, what happens after this week? I mean, we, we clear out Gallier Hall, and, uh, and it's a new, this season is over. What happens next? Well, I know Tim talked a lot about the season. You know, New Orleans has a rhythm to it. You've got the Jazz Fest. You've got Mardi Gras. You've got the Saints season. You've got Hurricane season. We have entrepreneur season, so the momentum keeps going. You know, this is a moment in time where people can come together, learn from each other, and celebrate entrepreneurship, get some capital, continue reinvest in their business and reinvest into the city. But come April, come May, the businesses continue to grow, and Idea Village, working within the ecosystem and all of our partners, begin planning for the 2014 season. That's going to kick off on July 15th of 2013, culminating with New Orleans Entrepreneur Week 2014 in March. And through that, we expect a lot of demand. You know, this year, we've serviced over 1,000 thousand entrepreneurs. Um, we expect more next year. The ecosystem continues to thrive, and it continues to grow. 
And, and if somebody's out there listening and has always had an idea on their mind uh, and they're thinking, I didn't get this season, but I want to get next season, when should they start talking to Idea Village, I guess? You can come online for Idea Village in July to start registering. We have strategic sessions that we will help entrepreneurs think through early stage ideas or think through any challenges they may have with their current businesses. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, right now, the idea sessions that actually take place, which is remarkable, again, so you got to understand, as a co-founder, I've been involved at Idea Village a number of levels. This year, as an entrepreneur in residence, a much deeper appreciation for what goes on and the work that Kevin and the team have been doing. But there are people that are constantly sort of applying into Idea Village that are essentially saying, you know, help us really think through where do we begin, what sort of work should we be doing. So in the course of a two-hour scoping session, which anyone in this community can apply for, right. as long as they're a New Orleans-based business or a regional-based business, they'll sit down through a process that will really allow them to focus on what is the most important aspect of that business, where do they start, what are those priorities, and it'll give them something to really build on. Well, that Idea Village never closes. It never closes. There's another bumper sticker. There's a... There <laughs> Kevin... <laughs> Kevin Robbie Webster, thank you so much. This has been, a, this has been just terrific. Um, that's Out to Lunch for today, recorded live at Gallier Hall as part of Idea Village's fifth annual New Orleans Entrepreneur Week. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Idea Village CEO Tim Williamson, co-founder and entrepreneur-in-residence Robbie Vitrano, COO and entrepreneur-in-residence Kevin Wilkins, Damon Burns from Innovation, Gene Nathan from the Creative Arts Alliance, and the winner of this year's Water Challenge, Webster Pierce from Pierce Industries. To find out more about my guests, Idea Village, or New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, Follow the links on our sites, WWNO and itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our co-producer today is Jennifer Smith. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our web designer and digital guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by joining our mailing list and becoming part of our social media exploits on itsneworleans.com or wwno.org where you can listen to past shows or get this show as a podcast. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you again next week for Out to Lunch, and we'll be back at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc.